Everybody, welcome to the show. You know where you are, the nine at nine with me, Figo. And you know that it's a Monday. Mm-hmm. And that means there's an expert in the house and we're going to talk about something amazing. That's why you're here. But today we're going to talk about what does it mean to be unapologetic? Use your superhero. And our superhero is here today. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Yeah, you heard me right. Our expert today has a journey that most people wouldn't even think could be humanly possible. And she keeps blazing new trails and raising the new heights. She's an author. She's a public speaker. She's been in TEDx. She's done a little bit of everything and nothing's slowing her down. And she's completely 100% unapologetic. Michelle Morass is here. What's happening, Michelle? Hello, and thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I love it when you come on the show. You bring such energy, and then you got that smile that just lights up the room. <laughs> oh, you had to close up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to close. You know, Alan, he's got to do that. So tell me, what does being unapologetic mean to you? It means basically a summation of my life. All my life, I pretended. I didn't know it, but I, I did everything I was supposed to do. I was a good girl. I was the good daughter, the good wife, the good mother, the good, you know, whatever, classroom mother, whatever. I was always what I thought everyone thought I wanted to be, what I was mm-hmm. supposedly going to be. And I would always say, I'm so sorry. Oh, if I, I did something wrong. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. And I, I found myself saying sorry all the time. Now, in 2014, when I had my car accident, being locked in my head for two years, three months, <clears throat> I had a lot of arguments with those thoughts in my head that said I wasn't good enough and I should be sorry. And coming through that, I promised myself I would stop apologizing for who I am and that I would be who. I'm supposed to be, not what everyone told me I was going to be. And that's why I say I'm unapologetic. Basically, my job, my my mission in life is to take that veil off of everyone else that I meet who have been also living this lie of being what every the world wants them to be. And I say, stop living the lie. If you're uncomfortable, if you're unhappy, it's because you're not living in your truth. Go find your truth, live towards it, be in it, and be unapologetic about who you are. And once you step into that power of knowing who you are and the confidence of saying, you know what? I'm glad I don't fit into your box. I'm glad I don't fit into your peg and be the best version of you unapologetically. That's what it means to me. You know, hearing that from you is amazing. And and I think more people need to, uh, you know, accept that and go for it. I myself talk myself through it almost every day. But you also have a military background. You come from a military family, correct? And and it's like you've got that. And being prior military myself, 
day one boot camp, the first thing they tell you to do is not be an individual, you know, <laughs> to not do what you want to do, do what you're told to do and don't ask no questions. So that's like stitched into your family history. How did you break past that alone? Because, you know, your inner circle is usually where you get all your strength from. Your inner circle's military. So they we are all about follow the rules, follow the direction, follow the command. How did you get past it? I was hit by a car. <laughs> really, it's what happened was I got hit by a car and being trapped in my head with all those voices. Uh, every every day growing up, my father was into that whole military boot camp thing. So mm. at five o'clock in the morning, he would do and he would wake us all up, all six of the kids, and we would go do count. We would work out in the living room together, and then we'd go run a mile or whatever. And yes, it's built into me to obey. Now, when I was stuck in my head, I realized that obeying to the extreme that I was, I never lived. I never did anything I really wanted to do. I did it because it was told to me and it was going to be the good thing to do. So by being locked in my head like that, I was able to assess who I was, what I wanted to be and who I truly was and what did I need to do to get there. And what I needed to get there was I needed to leave some of my military behind because the discipline I have from being military and being a military brat is I can get things done. I mean, you right. give me something, I will get it done and I'll get it done right. And I'll do it very quickly. It's part of my DNA. The other part of it is I'm Filipino and, you know, we're really good at what we do. And <clears throat> sorry about that. Everybody out there, but Filipinos. Hey, I'm 18%. So I'm right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's really what it is to get out of that mode of do, do, do what everyone else tells you to do, what leadership tells you. It was because I had to face my own demons and realize some of those demons were telling me what to do and they should not have been there. They weren't, they weren't supposed to be there. Some of those good voices were in there that kept me driven. And that's why I'm, uh, I'd like to say I'm a, the cook, the cake that was I'm the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. I'm a what TV show host, a podcast host. I've got books galore. I'm a stage person. I coach speakers. I do that because of that. PhD. Let's not skip PhD. You just got it. Oh, yes. Congratulations. PhD, yes. I mean, I'm an overachiever, but it's been built into me to be an overachiever, but not just to be, you know, halfway, but to go all in. That's why when you asked me, what have you not done? I said, I haven't jumped out of an airplane yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So to get so, let me ask that, you. That obedience thing is it's it's difficult, but there's you have to keep obedience. And I'll talk to you later about that. But obedience is Im very important, but it has to come. Where are you obedient to? Mm. That's huge. So I know people are out there watching, especially women, um, especially women probably in my age bracket. You're nowhere near me, but, you know, late 50s, early 60s, because we've been conditioned. Don't even tell me. I don't want to hear it. We've been conditioned <laughs> to just follow those rules. And hopefully, you know, we don't have to get hit by a car for the bell and the light bulb to go off. And I know you teach this. So I'm sure people are watching right now going, she's talking to me. And I know I'm supposed to be unapologetic and going and living my life because I only get one. There's no I haven't gotten a ticket that said I'm coming back again. So you <laughs> only get one. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, what do you tell people when they say they don't know how? 
to break out of that pattern? What do you tell them? What do you suggest they do just to make that first step? That first step. Well, I found a mentor who helped me through. And yes, that's exactly what I do is I help other people through that. What, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. I found through my mentor, what's her name? Uh, I, Byron Katie. Have you heard of Byron Katie? No. Byron, Byron Katie has something called The Work by Byron Katie. She is, in my mind, absolutely brilliant because she helped me with the work. There's four questions that start you off. And I'll give you the four. Whenever I feel um, anxiety or something's coming through me, I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Oh, well, maybe I'll just bend the rule and I'll do it for them this time. Because then, no, when that rigmarole starts going in my head, I ask myself four questions. So it's a, uh, John wants me to go do X Mm -hmm. and he wants me to do it now. Um, I don't want to do X. So here, ask, ask four, ask four questions. I'm trying to think of a good question. I'm not thinking of one. Okay. So four questions to get you through any suffering you may be going through. Number one, you ask yourself, is it true? So let's say, I'll think of another question. John thinks I'm stubborn. Number one question. Is that true? Yes, I am stubborn. I am. Number two, can he absolutely be sure that I'm so stubborn that I can't get anything done? Is it true? Well, no, I'm not that stubborn. So number three, how do I react when that happens or um, when I believe that thought that I'm stubborn? Well, I I feel kind of insecure because I think, well, maybe I I don't get along with people and it fills me with anxiety. So number four, who would you be without that thought? I would be me and I wouldn't worry about it. Ha, surprise. So you ask yourself four questions whenever anything comes into your mind that makes you angst up. Is it true? Can it absolutely always know that it's true? Three, how do you react when you when you um, when that happens or when you believe that thought? Number four, who would you be without that thought? When you keep those four in your mind and whenever anything from the outside starts invading your thoughts, you ask those four questions and it will stop you in your tracks. It helps you go to the next step of being unapologetic because you realize that there's three types of business in this, in this world. There's my business, the other person's business, and God's business. When you're trying to control anything else on the outside, that's when you start feeling like you're losing control. Because surprise, you never had it. Wow. that I'm going to tell you, we're coming close to 300 interviews um, on this show. And those four steps, most powerful I've heard thing I've heard in all 300 interviews that we've done. That's, that's amazing. It, it, you can address it to anything you know, relationship, business, you, there's no reason why you can't, that answers those questions in your head that stop you from what you're doing. Oh, we could, we could have a blast just on those four, just on it's those amazing. four questions. We could have a blast. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. So before Alan cuts us off, cause you know, he's rude. How do we let everybody know to get in touch with you? Cause you guys, you need to be talking to Michelle. I'm talking to her. You got to talk to her. How do we let, you know, people know how to find you. Find me by my name. I have a brain injury, so I make everything very, very simple. Everything's my name, Michelle Moross. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-M-R-A-S. So Michelle, Mr. As. If you go there, everything I do is there. Every link you could ever need to find me is there. And you can subscribe to my newsletter. Anything you want to be able to connect into my world, go there. And you'll, you'll be able to find me. And I will answer. Ooh, 
I can't wait to see what we're going to talk about next month. You are absolutely fantastic and an amazing expert at what you do. You are awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. I'm unapologetic. Woo! Yes, she is. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm going to tell you right now, any speed bump that's in front of you, those four questions she just laid down, you can explode anything that's stopping you from going anywhere you're trying to be. Trust me, you can. Go back, watch it again, and then watch it again, and then watch it again, because it will seep in here, and then your power will explode, I'm telling you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll come back next time and you know what to do. Go to Tigo Direct. You can find her there and connect directly across in case you didn't have a pen to write it down. And as always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time. Go watch it.